0: Be wary of those who give you absolute answers. That's probably one of the biggest no-nos you should look out for when you're hearing people give you very definitive answers for something outside your boundaries of awareness. With that being said, there's a lot of misinformation and confusion out there surrounding the topic of free will and I thought it's important to set that straight now because funnily enough it's actually something which is very important to live regular life. If you listen to the wrong information surrounding free will, it's very easy to get led down a path which can be very destructive. In some senses, it's part of the journey to fall into traps like these and then learn to come out of it yourself. But from my perception, I feel like it's necessary that if people don't already have it, come to at least a basic understanding of free will especially because of where the state of the world is right now, the need for people to take seas of their own destiny and craft a clear path forward. If you listen to someone like Sam Harris speak about free will, for example, he'll say, not only does free will not exist, there can never be a possibility for it to exist. He speaks about things like there's no such thing as free will when you lose your identity and sense of self. And he says he's no longer in control of his life and there is another force which is controlling it leaving that aside speaking bluntly the problem with these kind of stances are you can tell by the very way he for example is framing his perceptions that he hasn't truly transcended the mind yet not once in fact he talks about free will from the level of the mind Everything he says almost makes sense on an intellectual level. But the problem is if you try and understand free will from an intellectual level, it's not going to be of any use practically and it's not going to make sense because what gives form and guides reality doesn't start from the level of the mind and the level of the intellect. The mind is just what we kind of use to process things. But the mechanism of free will actually happens from somewhere higher up. So anecdotally, when I was younger, although I didn't know it, I used to think a lot about this premise all the time. Whenever I did sprinting, for example, for exercise, I'd have to run down the track and then after I'd finished, I'd have to turn around and walk back and run again. Before I would turn around and walk back for my next sprint, I'd always be thinking just before I did it, okay, I'm going to go left. I'm going to turn back around left. Then I'd start turning left. And at the very last second, I'd make myself turn right. Or some sort of combination of this. The thoughts always going on in my mind when I did this was along the lines of, was that always going to happen? Did I really choose to do that? Was it inevitable that I was always going to walk left? Or was I always going to walk right? Even though I switched my decision at the last second, was it inevitable that I was going to move in that direction I took? Was that final decision I made inevitable regardless of what happened in my mind? When I got older, I started to frame these types of thoughts in the reference point of thinking whether free will was an illusion or not after reading about it. And looking back at it now, I laugh at how ridiculous I was, but what ended up happening over the next few years was interesting. I switched back and forth between the belief that free will was real and free will was an illusion. But more important than that, perhaps, was every single time I had the thought go through my head that free will was an illusion Immediately after this, I became lazy. I lost all my willpower. And whether free will was real or not, at a certain point, it began to stop mattering to me because as soon as I believed that it wasn't real, that free will didn't exist, I became lazy, lost all my willpower and didn't see the need to do anything important in life. But conversely, on the other side, when I chose to believe that free will was real, all of a sudden, my energy came back and I started moving through life purposefully again. Now, one could argue that that sequence of events was always going to happen, no matter what I did to intervene, but after a few of years of thinking about the ramifications of this in my mind, I focused on other things and generally forgot about it. At that point in my life, I still didn't know whether free will was real, but what I did know is that every single time I stopped believing that free will existed, my life was lived in a way where it began not to exist no matter the objective reality of whether it did or not. Remembering this, let's review again what someone like Sam Harris says about free will. What he's saying is that, hey, free will doesn't exist, and it's not such a bad thing that it doesn't, because if you lose your sense of illusion about the thing that free will exists, then it's actually a really comforting place. Now, what I think he's talking about here is that when you let go of control, life gets a lot better because you're not trying to resist anything. You can produce a very mm, contentful, maybe comforting existence. But ultimately, letting go is exactly the thing his mind doesn't want to do. The real problem is, not just for people, him, but for people like him, is he's got a mental understanding, a conceptual understanding of the true understanding. His mind has convinced himself that on command, he's able to separate himself from the mind and separate himself from his identity, and in this place, free will goes out the window. But in actual fact, it's just the mind playing a giant trick on him. Because as mentioned in the last podcast, the more intellectually smart you get, The harder the mind has to work to generate concepts and to generate scenarios to conjure up a reality in which it is still in control. The smarter you get intellectually, also, the better your mind gets at creating something which is going to keep you in delusion. This is very important to understand. Because, by the way, I don't know much about Sam Harris, I've only ever watched a few of his interviews, it seems like his intentions are well placed. What's important to understand though, is that he's still someone who's stuck in the mind. And if you really want to start to understand things like free will, you need to be able to see through the nature of the mind not just knowing that it can make mistakes like these and that it's infallible, but actually understanding that it is the problem if it's not understood in its proper context. It's not that the mind is out to get you, the mind acts as a tyrant towards you because it has some uh, malevolent agenda. It's because in itself, the mind is the prison. The whole thing, not a particular aspect of it, but the structure of it in general. The mind keeps who you really are trapped in a very, very limited bandwidth of reality because of its inclination to think, it is what creates its own existence. What's maybe even more important to know about this is that it's not a mental thing, like he says, to move out of it. If you haven't cultivated other energies which go outside the mind, that process is not real. So why this is all important in understanding free will is because free will is not a conceptual thing which arises from the mind. It's a force of nature. It's embedded in who we are because it's embedded in the universe's structure or the simulation structure. Now, before I get on to the next part about free will, I think Sam Harris bases most of his ideas that free will is an illusion because of a study from the 1970s, involving recording the stimulus of people's decisions and marking that the stimulus for that decision had come before they were consciously aware of it. I don't want to get into this here, but there's an article on the website for this podcast which discusses this. What's funny, though, is that this study he mentions is what other physicists also use to demonstrate that free will does exist. Essentially, it all just comes back to identification with the Newtonian idea that the brain generates consciousness and consciousness being a universal force. So if you're interested, there is an article on that. But why I don't want to talk so much about it here is because it's far better to talk about free will in the simplest of frameworks possible. So the mind doesn't have a chance to move through an intellectual process contorting the objective reality. And also, so its basis can be more easily practically applied for you. So one of the best ways free will can be easily described is demonstrating the differences between fate and destiny. Fate is what you could say is what is mapped out from our genetics, our surroundings growing up, the education we receive, the people we hang out with, the things we read, and what gets processed into our memory. So if we don't use any of our willpower and we sort of just go along lazily, casually in life, then our fate is loosely written and set based on those principles. So if you're born somewhere in a particular area, under particular circumstances, more or less you're going to interact with certain people and conduct certain activities. And in that case, what happens in your life, your fate, is going to be decided for the end of your life. But destiny is different. Destiny is where you use your willpower or rather you use your free will to use your willpower to change your fate. You willfully set out to achieve what your heart seeking or what it wants to set out and achieve in life. Destiny is the opposite of fate in the sense that fate is what happens when you allow your life to be controlled by external circumstances and destiny is what happens when you go into the inner world and begin to transcend the factors which cause resistance in the external world to the two very different concepts. In the faded worldview, for example, the reason why one person heavily succeeds and the reason why one doesn't is all because that is what is encoded into the story of this universe. That's just the way it's always been mapped out for those two people. There's nothing they can do to change their lives. There's no mental process they can change. There's no free will allowing them to change their life path. Their lives are just destined to go into those two directions because those are the circumstances they are born in and which was created by the universe's coding. But this is the biggest and most important crucial misunderstanding that's happening in all these intellectual circles because people are thinking about this intellectually and they haven't come to an understanding and appreciation of what a lot of very cultivated people worked out a long long time ago with a lot of hard work heart and discipline it's also what a lot of many navy seals or other people have very strong willpower like david goggins for example has figured out then, in fact, we do have willpower. Or rather, our free will is demonstrated with the fact that we can use our willpower to conquer past things and change our life. In the East, this is a very simple principle. The idea of free will not existing is kind of just like, oh, okay, it's kind of like irrelevant because it's just the most simplest understanding to them. Their whole lives are based around changing events and fulfilling destiny. It's embedded in the very life force in these cultures. But here in the West, we have an easy tendency to just get looped in our head, in the intellect, and we go on and on and on with particular concepts because we're trying to continually justify the continuation of our intellectual process, because it's so scary to step outside that. So here's one practical example of free will, for example. In the East, It's very common to do meditation practices which are extremely painful. Even something basic like a sitting meditation posture, just where you're sitting with your legs crossed. If you do that for long enough, that goes beyond levels of pain which anything you'd experience in an elite sport or fighting or anything. It's horrendously painful, also horrendously rewarding, but it's very much of a struggle. And when you're sitting there, You have to not give in to the pain. You have to accept it and let go and push through and push through and push through. It's super intense. And when those feelings of pain and intensity come on, you have to resist not giving in. And the reason why is the longer you sit, the greater you cultivate. There's wisdom behind this in the expression which says, when you give in, you give in to your human self. But when you continue and you push through, that's when you cultivate your heavenly or divine self. Because what's happening in life in general is we're actually blending our consciousness with the divine consciousness or the consciousness of the universe. So free will comes from the act or the ability to push past your conditioned self and into your true self. It's the combining of these two selves which create a reality which is unfathomable to the human mind. It's a state where safe to say a conceptual idea like whether or not free will is real wouldn't be something that you'd be particularly concerned about. So in these states of pushing past the resistance and pain, the limited self that you're in in regular life, the one that's running on autopilot more or less, is being pushed away and you begin to cultivate a self where your perceptions get reframed and when you're able to start taking charge of your own actions. So in this format, it's very simple and easy to understand the principle of free will because it's a yes or no. It's not something you can intellectualize and say, well, this could cause that or that could cause this or this situation could cause that. It's very simple to see it in action because when you engage in activity like this one, it's either I continue or I don't continue. I give up or I keep going. And this, as simple as it sounds, is what forms the basis of our free will. Fate is what is destined for us if we live in our conditioned self and we don't go outside our mind structure and our normal living structure. Destiny, on the other hand, is when we use our willpower, we use our free will to push through, to get out of autopilot, to constantly train ourselves, train the mind, to be awake, to be alive, to be living and constantly in that state. So if you're going and living your life under the assumption that we don't have free will or that even some people say, hey, we're here to bum around and don't let anyone tell you different. (laughs) Hey, it's your life. You want to do that? Go for it. But just know there's some very cultivated people who have come to another understanding, which is why we are here. Our purpose is to achieve our destiny. And what destiny is in form is different for everyone. But the way we get to that destiny is through conquering. And through pushing past the resistance and leveling up and leveling up and leveling up and through doing that, we're bringing the divinely consciousness down to this three-dimensional realm. And we are bringing our three-dimensional consciousness, if you want to call it that, up to the divine consciousness. So they're merging. And when they merge, an absolute paradise can be created within you. So I hope that clears up some misunderstanding about free will. I wasn't going to do any more podcasts but I thought I would better put this one out there because I realize it's just one of those things that's so heavily misunderstood and it can do a lot more damage if it doesn't become understood because when people think they have no free will, not only can it cause existential dramas and pain but can it also push people to thinking you don't have to do anything in life because everything's predetermined anyway. There is a flow to the universe, and this flow of energy is in motion and in line with particular directives. One person may not be able to steer this flow in another direction, maybe even a million people may not be able to steer it in another direction. Ultimately, though, by putting yourself in these states, you can realize that the flow of the universe is already harmonious and in perfect alignment, and that it's not so much about changing your life to drastically alter the flow, but to look inside yourself and your heart's purpose. So you can realize that through your free will, through fulfilling your heart's desires, you can make yourself one with the flow. So free will is real. And there's many experiences that have been run for thousands of years proving this. There's also many very simple examples like the ones just shown then, showing you how it works outside of, or at least very close to outside of an intellectual framework. So you can take charge of your own destiny. You have been given the gift of free will. In fact, it is all our destiny to use the gift of free will, to use our willpower, to push past the resistance enough that we break through and blend our individual self with the divine self or the coding of the simulation. And what happens in that spontaneous, unfathomable place once you get there? Well, no one knows. But do you want to find out? Happy free willing.